Hey there, and welcome to the Guide Culture Podcast. My name is Macy McNeely, and I am part of the Guide Culture team. Today, Catherine and I are interviewing one of our beloved students. Her name is Lindsay, and she has come to the in-person training twice. In fact, she was sitting in the February 2020 in-person training, and while she was sitting in the training. I think it was day two. She purchased her ticket for the March training right then and there. So it was just super fun uh, and a cool memory for us to have together. Uh, Lindsay is the CEO of of people management. You know, she's really, really good and and very knowledgeable about, um, you know, hiring and firing and creating a really great culture in your team. And today she's going to be talking to us about LinkedIn. Okay. If you are listening to this, and you feel like LinkedIn is so not cool and so not important. And maybe you feel like, you know, your ideal clients are not on LinkedIn at all. Uh, I am even more excited for you to listen to this episode because Lindsay has us convinced more than ever over here at Guide Culture that uh, we need to have a presence on LinkedIn. And she has some really good uh, tips, some tangible takeaways that you can have and that you can use um, in your LinkedIn journey. So I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, make sure you tag us on Instagram at The Guide Culture. Uh, And you know what? There is nothing more than we love than seeing your reviews on the podcast. So if you have just, you know, five seconds, drop down on the Apple iTunes review section and leave us a quick review. There's nothing just sweeter than for us to read your words and your comments. They mean everything. They mean everything to us. So thank you so much. All right. I hope you enjoy this episode and we will talk soon. Lindsay, I would love for you to just open up with a little bit of your story uh, because, you know, it's so interesting. I know you like specialize in teams Mm -hmm. and a lot of people around us talk about wanting teams and how to do, and there's just so much to it. So just tell us a little bit about your story, how you got where you are, and then we'll continue. Sure. So I started my career in staffing. Um, You know, I went to college and at the time I graduated, jobs were just few and far between. It was really hard. So, um, I never, I never heard about staffing before. And I was working for about a year doing a couple of different odd jobs. And a friend from college reached out and he's like, Hey, you would be really good at this staffing thing. I'm like, what the heck is that? And he sent me the job description and it's, you know, it staffing. I'm like, that sounds so boring. (laughs) (laughs) And, but I read the job description. It said, you get to take people out to football games. You get to build relationships, all these different things. I'm like, oh, this is sales. I'm I'm into this. (laughs) I'm into this. So I went gung-ho, went in and interviewed, asked for the job right away. And within a week I was working in staffing and I just haven't looked back. And so it's been quite a wild ride. I always say, um, you know, you don't pick staffing, staffing picks you. And it's fascinating. It's a very interesting industry because it's all about people. It's people. The whole thing is people. Um, and so it's been a really cool journey. I've been doing this for almost 10 years now. And um, I mean, honestly, if you asked me within the first two years, if I'd still be doing this, I'd tell you, heck no, but here I am. And I really like it. <laughs> so oh, yeah, awesome. I like to I like to bring all this, um, you know, expertise and what I've learned and what I keep learning into really the entrepreneur and the small business space, because I think we've, we've talked about this before where, you know, hiring, firing teams, culture does not come automatically to most people. And when you start a business, um, it's one of the most critical parts of, of what you do. So I, 
Yeah. You, you, you know, Austin, my husband always says, you're only as good as your team. Amen. Is that not the truth though? It is the truth. Yeah. Why, what do you see in people when, you know, they know they need to start building a team, but they're scared. Like what's holding them back from building a team? And like, what would you respond to them uh, with their kind of concern? It's a really good question. I think the main thing I see is that most people don't want to delegate initially. They have a really hard time letting things go. Mm. And I think naturally, right, because this is our baby. Our business is our baby. We care so much. We've poured so much time, blood, sweat, and tears into what we're building and to hand off any little thing to somebody else that might not, we feel like might not care as much, or we think they can't do it as well as we can. Um, that's produced the one thing I see holding people back from building a team, really hiring anybody. And so wow. it's when, it's when people can actually delegate and let certain aspects go, um, is when I see people really start to thrive. Um, I forget, gosh, I, I mean, this has probably been said by so many, you know, successful CEOs, but it's, it's that you have to hire people that are better than you at doing this one skill set. That's how you can really thrive in your business and really keep you in, you know, the, the common term now is your zone of genius, mm-hmm. but really keep you in that zone of what you do best, what honestly, what God put you here to do that gift. Um, and so, you know, that's the one thing I see, but I, I do see a lot of people move past it when they do it's magic. Wow. So really what you help people do is stay in their zone of genius and hire the right people, not just hire people, right? But the right people for the business and the personality vibes even. That's right. And I would say most people, um, I think we've talked about this before too in the past, Macy's like, you know, what do you think about when you think reactionary hiring or or what comes up for you? And that's one of the things that people tend to struggle with is, you know, they hire based on you know, what they think they might need at the time. And then two, three months down the road, they realize this is not the skill set I needed for this person or whatever. Um, and so I like to help people look at the bigger long-term vision. What are your options, mm. your options for hiring? Um, you know, whether it's maybe hiring someone as a contractor for short term, short term, or if you realize you have bigger, longer goals and you need somebody to come in for a longer period of time, you know, there, there's just yeah. different things to think about. Um, but really, getting that 30,000 foot view when you're looking at your hiring strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause reactionary hiring is like, Oh my gosh, I need help right now. I'm in so much pain. I'm like bleeding out. Basically I'll do anything for some help. Um, and, but when you don't, when you're not bleeding in pain, you don't think about hiring. And so there's like a gap that is like, Hey, it needs to be thought about before you're bleeding out. You need to think about it when you're actually very healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just so interesting. It is, it is, it is a huge deal. Oh, and I was going to say this, we actually interviewed um, someone for the podcast yesterday and she was saying how she finally hired some help, but it's actually holding her back so much right now. And so that's a little, you know, cause you got to teach and you got to yep. train and you got to go mm-hmm. slow and to, to be able to go faster. So you kind of have to, so what happens is you're reactionary, you're bleeding out, then you hire someone and you actually have to slow down even more to be able to go faster. But there is a way to avoid that. And it's to really start thinking about how hiring before you're in that pain. Well, you know, you guys talk about it in guide culture when we, um, you know, you talk about being in a, um, not a reactionary state, but you know, the grid that's talked about, you yes. know, and, and the being, quadrant. The quad, that's right. Yeah. And being just prepared. And, and I think hiring is something that 
it should just be in the back of your mind, you know, just mm. thinking about that type of stuff. You know, it's funny too, um, with this person you interviewed yesterday, mm-hmm. I've had conversations with, um, other, you know, business owners. And I said, just try if you can, I know it's hard in the moment sometimes, but if you can have a perspective when you're working with new people on your team, think about there is nothing that you can do that I can't fix. Okay. I'm going to teach you the best I can. And if you mess up, it's okay. I should help you fix it. And that empowers that other person to feel so confident in what they're about to go do. You know, I just think saying that to somebody is going to give them so much relief and you because you have the, you know, you can go do fix whatever it is that they might mess up or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I hope that that just gives some, you know, business owners, some confidence in hiring people. There's nothing that somebody can do that you can't fix. Truly, truly. Yeah. Loy always says the only time you get in trouble is when you don't make a decision at all. He said, (laughs) you you can't mess up. Like most decisions are 50, 50, but when you don't do anything, that's the only time that is not good. So that's how we run the ship here. We delegate decisions, not tasks. Love that. That's and that. I heard, I don't know if this is, goes along that same line, but I heard the advice of a hiring coach somewhere on a podcast and they said, people hire for, a, to execute a solution and not, or I'm sorry, to solve a problem, not to execute a solution. Mm. So it really wow. is better to already have the solution and let them run with it than to just hand off a problem because yes. that's not really good leadership and who, who knows the fruit of that is not as clear to the person who could be new. So anyway, it's just interesting. So yeah. and I, I would say the difference between that too, Kat, is that's the difference between hiring an employee and hiring a consultant. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you do have a problem, you don't know the solution to, you truly don't, mm. which I don't know. I feel like uh, our girl, Brooke Castillo would beg to differ, Probably, but, yeah. but if that's how someone truly feels, you know, hiring a consultant is going to help you get that solution. And that's what I would say, figure out what it is you need to hire. Is it a consultant mm-hmm. or is it an employee? You yeah. Know, so. Someone coming from the outside looking in is very valuable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's great advice. Okay. Let's start moving into LinkedIn, shall we? Sure. Yeah. All right. When I think of what people think when they think of LinkedIn, I think of old, old men <laughs> in suits and very, 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 very professional, like not casual. What, what do you think, Kat, before, before business, before guide culture, what would you have thought of with LinkedIn? The one thing that I could literally smell when you were saying that is like the dry cleaner. I could like smell the dry cleaner. You know what I'm saying? You, y'all know that has a smell. Yeah. Um, you know, I think just professional networking. I, you know, I, I had one. I was Try to make it look cute, you know, um, and make, sexy, the, make right? the connections. What I knew that it was is like, I know it's like this practical tool. What I don't know is how to actually get results from it, right? I knew that there was like, it was almost like reading someone's resume, not right. getting a result. So I, what I know from you is like, you can help people get results from using LinkedIn effectively. And that makes me uh, excited. So tell, tell us all about what LinkedIn actually is. Lindsay. So I love this. So LinkedIn actually is anything that you really want it to be. And what I mean by that is I would ask anybody, what is your goal? And, and here's my thing. I teach LinkedIn from a sales and leads perspective. I teach it. How can you go in and make business happen for your business? But there are people that teach LinkedIn on 
branding. There are people Mm -hmm. that teach LinkedIn on how to find a job. You really can use it to your advantage. And I would just say, what, what is it that you want to use it for? Um, but in general, it's a platform and it is a more professional platform, but there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's actually a really good thing. It does help filter out certain types of people. And I don't mean that in a, you know, just you know what I'm feeling is like, there's no bikini pics on LinkedIn. That's okay, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so it filters that out. It feels like, exactly. it feels like the type of people on there are just more serious. And I don't know about you, but I want, I want some serious people in guide culture, right? That's exactly it. Correct. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Serious by well, the stat is like, you know, I want to say like over 30 something percent people, 35% people, maybe 40% people make over $75,000 a year yeah. on LinkedIn. Which is and, good. And what that means is that these are people who are serious buyers. I, I want to say it's like 20 times more uh, people will buy. This is, this is like 20 times, people are 20 times more likely to buy than your average web user on LinkedIn. People wow. are there to do business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why do you think that is? What do you attribute that to, Lindsay? I would say because of the, you know, the traditional, you know, stereotypes that people have of LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. it's just, it is, it's just more a professional network. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so people that, you know, they work corporate jobs are typically on LinkedIn. Uh, People are looking for corporate jobs are on LinkedIn. And so I think that just kind of goes hand in hand with it feels the conscious authority and trust thing where it's like, Hey, if you're here, then like you take your business seriously Mm -hmm. and I take you more seriously. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I think it's evolved too, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. um, you know, like you just said, there's people that are there for thought leadership purposes. People come now to, you know, they, they want to read articles. They want to learn. They want to get to know what's going on in their industry in particular. It's a great search engine for, I mean, really anything that you want to go find information on. And so that's what it's really, I think it's evolving too. Mm, so good. So how, how much do you think the experience level of an entrepreneur, and when I say experience level, I just mean like, hey, are you just getting started? Are you five years in? Where are you at? Do you feel like people's experience needs to be a little bit higher to be on LinkedIn or they need to go and get on ASAP? I think they need to get on ASAP. And I actually don't even think experience in their business matters because mm. if you are super passionate about what you do and you are I don't like, I don't, I don't always say the expert in what you do, because that can be a very intimidating word for people. Mm-hmm. We are all experts in, in certain aspects and we can offer value to so many different people. So I don't want to scare anyone away by saying, if you're an expert, but if you're fresh out the gate, you are brand new in your business, but you are super fired up. You know what you're doing. You know that you can add value to people. Get on LinkedIn. It doesn't matter one day or, you know, 10 years. If you have value, people are looking for it. And LinkedIn is where they're searching. So you need to be on there. Yeah. And when they are showing up, do, do they need to show up differently or can they just like be themselves? Probably need to show up differently. If my hesitation is there, they need to show up differently. Right. And it's the same thing with any platform. You don't show up on, um, you know, Instagram, like you would Pinterest, like you would Facebook. Right. Um, you know, and I think, and that's probably where most people get afraid of LinkedIn is like, well, how do I show up professionally? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, quote unquote. And I would just say, Think about like the meat that you are serving to your audience on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, 
And how do you just make that, just condense that into like the good stuff. And it's not about the fluff. It's not about, you know, our morning routines and things like that, that are really popular on Instagram. That goes over well on Instagram. It doesn't really mm-hmm. go over well on LinkedIn. Yeah. So, people don't have time. People in there are trying to get stuff done and leave. Yeah. That's right. They're looking for the meat. So what can you give them from your other platforms that really just condense and you can put out there just to, like we said, add that value? Wow. Very interesting. Um, we took your uh, LinkedIn course. Yes. When I said we, Natalie took it for Guide Culture, and she is like she's like so clear on her our strategy. She's mm-hmm. so clear. We talked about it in our team meeting. So she's bad. so excited about it, um, and I'm so excited about it. And so obviously LinkedIn's on my phone. Natalie handles it, and I get uh, so many messages from LinkedIn, like cold messages, which I love. Right. And what's so interesting to me is that, you know, on Instagram, it's like, why would you ever send it? Like, don't send cold messages. That's the vibe on Instagram. Mm -hmm. But on LinkedIn, it's not only accepted, it's like encouraged. It's like such a different vibe. So talk, talk a little bit on that. Maybe why that is. And if we should also be sending those messages as well. You should definitely be sending those messages. Here's the deal. LinkedIn is about connecting and networking. When people ask about, you know, what do I need to do on LinkedIn? And is it my profile? Is it my content? It's all these things. They're all important, but the most important is engaging. And so that's Mm. reaching out to people, whether it's on messaging, you know, direct messages, it's, you know, engaging on their content, on your content, whatever. Um, People are looking to make connections. It's just kind of, I don't know. It's just not, yeah, it's not what we see on other social media platforms. People want to connect. They want to talk. They want to talk business. Mm-hmm. And if you're in business, it's great. Yeah. And you know what? I think maybe the underlying vibe is for LinkedIn is, hey, if you're here and you're using this, you're looking for opportunity. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's acceptable to send a message or to respond to a message because that's just understood. We're here for opportunity. We're here to grow. We're here to connect. Of course, you're sending me a message. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's really the expectation. Mm-hmm. We're not here for fun. We're here to work. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, I, and I think what's also really cool, you know, really when I hear you networking, what I hear is leads like, Hey, how many people can I get in my circle to potentially convert them into a, to qualify them and then convert them. And on LinkedIn, you can see so much more about who they are what they do. I mean, their resumes, their history is basically on their platform for everybody to see, which means you can very quickly qualify some people just by looking at their profile, which means you can get some quick qualified leads to potentially engage with. I mean, it's just, it seems so much more streamlined and easy mm-hmm. that pipeline full and convert. My gosh, that is so true. Lindsay, what do you, free, what do you feel about that? That mm-hmm. feels so right. <laughs> I 100% agree. And the thing I would also say is that people are looking for mutual, like mutual beneficial relationships Mm -hmm. and like leads and sales, hundred percent, you're qualifying people. I mean, that's kind of the, the perspective I have with LinkedIn, but you also can just expand your mind on, okay, if I, if I'm looking for, let's say you want to go to Spanx and you want to teach the people at Spanx is the person that you need to get in touch with on Instagram. Maybe, maybe, Maybe. probably not though. How are you going to find them? Yeah. You go to LinkedIn. And so that's why I love kind of like the difference in like opening up people's mind to think about what's possible for your business outside of sales and leads. Mm. Maybe you, um, you teach a, a training once a year 
you get a bunch of teachers together and that is your big event once a year. And maybe you are looking for sponsorships for the next year. Well, who do you go to? I mean, you could think, I mean, sure you can find some people on Instagram. It's a lot more difficult when you're on LinkedIn, you can go directly to businesses and look up people by their job titles. Mm. Wow. You know what that screams to me? Oh my gosh. This is so refreshing. It's not subjective on LinkedIn. Yeah. What it is. This isn't like, oh, I help people be free. That's like not what LinkedIn's saying. LinkedIn is like, this is my title. I'm a manager of people. I lead people. Mm -hmm. I'm the manager of culture. I'm this, I'm that. It's clear. It is it, it's mm-hmm. science. It's not like an art. Like Instagram's an art and that's almost kind of exhausting for the brain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. just what Lindsay said, no fluff. There's no fluff. Freaking no fluff. You're not you're not doing emojis in your title um in LinkedIn. You're you're getting to the point. And I respect I think I'm that. selling myself on this. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to get focused on it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Can you do you have any stories off the top of your head about people who have started taking LinkedIn more seriously, maybe even having fun on it and getting some results? Yes. Actually, one of our linked our first LinkedIn bootcamp students, uh, she owns a machine shop up in Idaho. She's the wow. CEO of a family business. And last year was a struggle. It was a struggle for them. Um, and then they moved right into COVID-19 and their business got hit hard. Wow. And before she took the boot camp and before she started learning about LinkedIn and all those things, they were just kind of doing, you know, marketing advertising in their local community. They had some relationships with other companies far, far away, but they were kind of just holding on to those accounts. And, you know, honestly, we kind of know this in sales, like maybe your best customer isn't going to be your best customer next year. And so I think they were really looking to build out that, that funnel and that pipeline of leads. So she took a chance, she invested and joined the boot camp and their business just based on engaging on the platform. They've had like two or three new sales with companies they've never talked to in the past. They've started to reach out to different industries. They're able, they're a, they're a machine shop. I said that right. Yeah. They're a machine shop. So they make sneeze guards for um, casinos who now need to reopen. Wow. There's all these safety precautions in place. Um, They do it for different counties, different businesses. So now she's reaching out to all these different um, chamber of commerce presidents, county supervisors, business owners, and finding new ways of doing business. And it's been the best thing for their family. And they just, they're they're on a whole new track. I'm so proud of her. but yeah, wow. it's just, it's powerful. And really, I would say it comes down to the engagement and the connection. Now, um, did the, did that happen because of your advice to send messages or find them through content? How did that work? Messages. So they, yeah. she was sending messages to companies that she felt needed them? Yep. So um, structured a few connection messages and follow-up messages for her to just start to send. And again, I wouldn't say... Um, you know, where you can get into trouble. And I think people were doing this on Instagram before as they send these, you know, copy and paste, copy and paste, Mm -hmm. share your intention. Um, you know, why you're looking to connect, how you might be able to bring value to this person. And so it's a little bit more personalized, Sure, but these templates can be very easy. I mean, you can have three that you're kind of rotating through, just personalize them a little bit before you send them out. And she got great responses right away. Wow. Um, you know, put your, put your contact information in those messages. She got calls directly. Wow. That's called her. Didn't even message her back. They called her. 
That is so awesome. Like if you have the solution to someone's problem and if you, and if you need a solution to a problem, either way, it's like a match made in heaven. How much quicker is that? And it's free. I'm telling you. It, wow. It is so awesome. It's you know, so- people might be listening to this and they're like, okay, okay, okay. I hear you. I'm just, I'm not ready to like really send messages and get serious about LinkedIn. But like, here's, here's my thought. What if one day, what if one day someone does find you on Instagram and they mention it to somebody else who really wants to see you on LinkedIn? Like maybe they value someone who's like being serious, they're on LinkedIn, they go and they search you on LinkedIn and then you're not there and then they don't, they're not interested anymore. Like even just being Mm. present on LinkedIn is valuable whether you make sales or not because you just never know who you could meet that that's important to them. Because I know some of the most successful people that I know, they don't care. They don't have Instagram. They don't have Facebook. They do. They are killing it on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. When I say killing it, I mean, they're just very, very engaged. They're reposting, they're commenting. And like, I want to be in front of those people too, not just Instagram and Facebook. So it's, you know, this whole idea of like omnipresent, which is just oh, yeah. kind of being everywhere. You can't forget little LinkedIn over there. You still got to be present big time. Yeah. And if we've learned anything from this from 2020 so far. Yeah. It's that you do have to be everywhere. You, you really do. Everywhere. You really do. It, it's so true. Are there, LinkedIn. are there any specific like best practices of LinkedIn in terms of video? Like, is it like status type updates or is it like, Hey, I'm going to reshare someone's article. Are you resharing a lot more? Are you writing a lot more? What is, what are some best practices? I would say, yeah, good question. Best practices, I've got three things. So one is have a good profile. So what do you, you know, mean by that? So I have a, a 30 minute makeover that anyone can grab from, the, I think, the show notes. Oh, oh awesome. if anyone's interested, interested in that, it just kind of walks you through just basic steps on how to build out a good, clean, solid profile can take you 30 minutes. It could take you three hours, depending on how deep you want to go. But, um, just to make sure you're hitting on the key points, your headline, your profile picture, making sure your profile picture is private, even to those that aren't connected to you. Um, it, the status or the statistic is that like nine, you'll get nine times more people wanting to connect with you when your profile picture is public. So just little tips on that. Um, talking about, you know, what it is that you do, who you serve, all those things. Okay. So I'd say your profile, I would say your content, you know, so what you're talking about videos, text posts, all those things, keep it professional. Um, video does well on any platform. doesn't matter if it's LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, video is always going to do better. And LinkedIn is no different. It's totally accepted. Um, now, are you, are you filming like Instagram story vibes? Like, uh, what is up and down, um, horizontal landscape or are you portrait? Spend, I mean, portrait, portrait or landscape. Yeah. Which one are you either filming? One. Either, either one. one. And I would tell somebody who's just getting started on LinkedIn. Don't worry about the professionalism of the video. Video mm-hmm. is video. It's going to go over just fine. Mm-hmm. So, it's like the professionalism of like your words, your content, not necessarily of the video. Exactly. You don't need to have it super edited. And I would say that um, most videos on LinkedIn that do well are anywhere between 30 seconds and two minutes. So cool. short, concise, close the loop on what you're talking about. Don't leave people hanging. Um, you know, really give them that value and they can move on. They can k- take that tidbit. 
Yeah, and they're not really interested in like clickbait vibes. Like open loop stuff feels like Instagram where it's like, hey, you know, go here to see what's next or whatever. But LinkedIn, that's not the vibe. Right. And what's fascinating too is that, you know, LinkedIn wants you to stay on their platform. Of course, most platforms want you to stay on the platform. But people are much more interested on LinkedIn to be like, okay, where's your website? You know, or where, where, where can I subscribe to your email list? I want to learn more. Oh, wow. You can have those call, call to actions posted on your profile. Like multiple call to actions. Okay. Yes. I'm having metaphor vibes right now and it's actually (laughs) dating. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. LinkedIn (laughs) is the, the, I'm not just going to say guy, but I'm a girl who married a guy. So I'm going to say like, it's the guy who's like, Hey, I'm not trying to play games with you. Like, where's your number? Yeah. how do I house subscribe material. to you, girl? You know, like, no, how I'm feeling and I like it. Tell me you want a date. They're not yes. trying to play games. Do not play games with me. Yeah. I'm just trying to play games. So like what I told Natty is, Natalie, for you guys is. We all know, call her Natty, by the way. It's okay. <laughs> you can change that call to action. It's not like it's stuck there. So, you know, hey, guide culture, you know, next round of online guide culture is going on. You know, these X dates great. And then after a few weeks, that's in, change it, you know, or, Hey, we've got something exciting coming up. If you want to join our email list, here's the link. Mm. People, they're coming to get information. And that's kind of the weird mind frame mindset shift people struggle with is, you know, we're so scared that we're going to scare people away. LinkedIn at all. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm just thinking I, I wrote through, we were going to do a type of launch soon and I wrote through, okay, what, where's the marketing that needs to ha- take place? And I didn't even think about LinkedIn. Is that something to, to promote is, Hey, this is coming up, join the live training here, join, or is that not a LinkedIn vibe? Um, I would say it's fine. If it's okay. like an educational webinar, a yeah. class. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Put it on there. That's awesome. I mean, we might as well try it try it. You never know. And that is the thing I teach in the boot camp is like, there are some things that are just test and try and see what's going to work for your community. The people that are following you on LinkedIn, the people that, you know, come to you for information, something's going to fall completely short and flat. Something's going to do really, really well. As with literally everything in online business. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Business. Yeah. Yes. You've Can you sh- lose by just trying a little bit about Oh, sorry, Lens. No, good. Do you mind sharing a little bit about um, the content that you post on your own private, not private, but your personal feed versus um, like okay. sharing content? Sure. What do you That's mean by that? Surprised. Well, it surprised me that you don't, you're not supposed to like post your own content on your own personal page. You're supposed to share other people's stuff, right? No. Not I thought that there was like a thing where you're supposed to share other people's content. So we share guide cultures content on our personal page, correct? Yes. From the company page. Right. Oh, the company page doesn't post. Right. It's own content. No, the company page does. And then the personal page shares the company page. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So like your company page is really good. Um, you know, just to kind of promote guide culture, podcasts, um, what's going on in the business, all those things. From a personal profile perspective, you want to be seen as a thought leader. And this is what I take people back to. Macy, Kat, if somebody wants to interview you for their podcast, they want you to come speak to their mastermind retreat. They want you to consider writing a book. 
they're not going to guide culture. They're going to Macy. They're going to cat. And so you want to talk a little bit more on your personal, on the personal stuff, whether it's your story, whether it's how guide culture came to be sales and training in general, the client process, and then bonuses, things that maybe you like personally as a CEO of a small business, what you do to, you know, get your yeah. guide culture is just talking straight guide culture. Got it. Got it. So being really clear about either or, because we do a lot more, a lot of repurposing like between our personal Instagrams and guide culture Instagrams. And it sounds like in on LinkedIn, there's a very clear distinction between what you post on personal and what you post on your business page, which I know you go so deep in, in your, in your training. Yeah. And I would just say this too, if someone's really thinking about, you know, the dif- differentiating between the two and all those things, you know, LinkedIn favors a personal profile over a company page. Yeah. I think that's true of Facebook too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. I really because people connect with people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and I remember there being a season where a lot of really, really big Instagrams, they couldn't, they didn't have a swipe up feature because they wouldn't put it in as a business page because they wanted to keep it personal because they thought maybe that was the case for Instagram too, where they just favor personal Instagrams versus a business Instagram. I've only heard that like once or twice a while ago. I don't know if that's true. I have a business Instagram. I think you do too, Kat. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just interesting. It's very mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. People want to connect with people at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. So I'd, I'd say that's probably why. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You have so much knowledge on this. Thanks. And you know, I did a question box on Instagram. I was like, what do people want to hear from Lindsay? And yes. someone said, no question, but Linz is my favorite. Her LinkedIn class has been a total game changer for our biz. That's so, amazing. so are you doing another kind of live round of your training? What, is, what does that look like? I know you're about to have a baby. So that is, <laughs> that is uh, you know, a thing. Congratulations. Baby. Incredible. Thank you. Thank you. I'm like, baby who? We're doing another <laughs> round. What? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, we, uh, so this week is actually week four of the second round of the LinkedIn bootcamp. Amazing. And then the plan is to essentially, if anybody is interested in learning LinkedIn over the next four weeks, um, maybe a little bit more hands-off from me, mm-hmm. um, they'll have access to the recorded calls, all the information that they need. And then um, the last two weeks of July, I'll come back in and then answer any, you know, we'll have the one-on-ones and all those things. So still Amazing. available to people. Amazing. Um, yeah. Well, you know, depending on when this episode goes out, probably the best thing to do is just follow you on Instagram, right? And they yeah. can DM and ask you questions there. And LinkedIn. Yes. And LinkedIn, baby. Of course. What's your Instagram handle? And then we'll also put it in the show notes. It is lindsay.mitrosiles. It, it, it'll be, it'll be in the show it'll notes. Be this. Yeah. Yeah. It'll yeah. Be this. Yes. And then same on LinkedIn. Awesome. Do you have any other questions, Kat? You know, I just have so many thoughts swirling in my head and I'm so grateful we talked about this because all I feel right now is excited. Yeah. And I've never felt that way before about LinkedIn and I already knew how much power you had. And now I'm like, wow, she's so woke. Um, you know, it's, so it's with everything. When you are not excited about something, it's probably because you just don't know that much about it. It's true. You know, and now that we know more about it, we're so excited. That's a huge part of sales of getting buy-in. It's just, you know, closing the knowledge gap, right? hundred percent. You guys, I'm trying to do a guide culture sequence every day on LinkedIn. Yeah. Kind of sh- you know what I mean? Like this is, you know how much I love you guys and guide culture. This oh. has been the best. It's just so fun to like 
really figure out what, what the, the big thing is behind um, people's fears for LinkedIn and trying to show them the other side. So I'm so glad that you guys feel this way. And Kat, it's like, you know, LinkedIn's now the sexy spouse. That's right. Yeah. Not, not the unsexy old man. That's <laughs> yeah, right. We just changed it. it. It's like the dating relationship, which is fun. And you know what this epiphany Macy and I have had recently, which I'm thinking so much about right now is for anyone who's taking guide culture out there or who plans to in the future, you can actually use the techniques to send one of these messages Mm -hmm. to someone to make it crystal clear what's in it for them and some evidence behind how it can actually work and all, and all the things to get the connection really strong quickly. Um, and so with that said, you said that LinkedIn's like a selling and leads platform. Mm-hmm. You can add value to someone's life by selling them, right? This isn't Absolutely. like, Hey, you either add value or you're selling. It's actually both <laughs> when you use the right techniques, the right language to help them get how great your thing is. Mm-hmm. Filling it. Right. That's right. <laughs> well, Lindsay, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you guys so much for having me. I am so honored. Thank well, you guys. We love you. And when you go follow her on Instagram, you get to go see her OG Taylor Swift hair. It is so <laughs> beautiful. She is a ray of sunshine. The day she walked into the Guy Culture HQ, we were like, who is this ball of sunshine? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Where did she come from? We love her. So thank I you. I love you too. We, we appreciate so much. All right, guys, go follow uh, Lindsay and grab that LinkedIn course so you can yes. live. <laughs>